Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 796. Prepare for the worst, but hope for the best. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Mark Probanek. Hey, Mark, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I sure am. I have my lap belt buckled and my baseball cap on. <laughs> As always, for sure, we will have some fun. Mark Probanek is a vintage car enthusiast who lives in Neptune Beach, Florida. Unlike many car collectors, Mark actually drives his cars. And he drives his 1958 Porsche 356 and his Brumos-inspired Porsche race bus. It's a 58 VW bus, which is very, very cool. We're talking over uh, 275,000 miles through 33 states over the last 19 years of ownership. So Mark's the kind of guy that gets out there and has some fun. And for over six years, he's organized the Bully Brigade, which is a vintage bus event where their mission is to promote and preserve 1967 and earlier split window VW bus for enthusiasts. It's one of the largest gatherings of vintage VW buses on the East Coast. Mark's an entrepreneur and he owns a catering business. And when he's not working, you'll find him at an IMSA road race or an HSR road race at vintage Porsche events or traveling around the USA in his, again, Brumos tribute number 59 race bus or that beautiful blue 356 Porsche. Mark, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about this passion you have for driving automobiles? Right. So uh, I was fortunate to be raised uh, in two countries, primarily in the U.S., but as a young child, my dad took a job transfer to Europe. So I spent five years in Europe, and my dad got a company car. The company car was a BMW. My dad's not a car guy. I, as a child, had Hot Wheels, Matchboxes, train sets, anything with wheels. I loved bicycles. And before we moved to Europe, we had one of those family truckster style uh, station wagons. Back seat, you would face the rear bumper. Oh, yeah. So yeah. When, we, when we moved to Europe and I saw the BMW, I was just like, wow, this is nothing like I've seen in America. And that really introduced me to like the real deal, the actual car and living in Europe and all the European cars in general, specifically German ones, traveling and sightseeing was just a great experience to travel around with my brother, sister, and my parents. So Sounds like that European uh, time really got the car bug under your skin. And I remember we had a Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser that had seats that faced the back, and my sister and I were always fighting to sit back there, which was kind of a fun thing. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about your journey through life and what you've been doing. But first, I always like to ask my guests for an inspirational quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars. Yeah. So, Mark, take the wheel. Okay. So, I thought uh, real long about this, and it brought me back to the cars and kind of how I prepare myself to drive and how I live my life daily driving two 60-year-old cars. And one of my famous quotes or most well-used is, prepare for the worst, but hope for the best. And if you're daily driving a 59 or 60-year-old car, things are bound to break. And if you don't have an extra condenser or points or spare tire or a cell phone or your AAA Premier tow card, you could be in real trouble. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've always said when you have an old car... 
You have to sit in it for a second, close your eyes, take a breath, maybe put those driving gloves on and realize this is going to be a different experience than jumping in my Honda or my modern day BMW. And I need to be prepared for that. I need to be willing to accept that. It's all part of the journey. And as I follow you and I found you on Facebook and Instagram, I mean, you're going all over the place. So you don't seem to be intimidated by jumping in a 60-year-old car (laughs) and heading off. So when you jump in your car and you head off for the, the West Coast or the, the east or wherever you go, and you've been everywhere, man. You're like Johnny Cash, that famous song. <laughs> How do you get your mindset around that so that when these troubled times come along, which is something is going to go wrong, it almost always does, and the cell phone is your best friend usually. How do you prepare yourself for that kind of adventure? Well, to be honest, I don't do a lot of preparation. I'm kind of a ride by the seat of my pants kind of a guy. I do prepare and do a checklist of parts that I may need. If I'm traveling, I usually have a destination in mind and then a route picked out, making sure that I have my cell phone, my AAA card, parts, as well as um, friends throughout the country. As long as I'm 200 miles within somebody I know, I feel confident I can go anywhere. And with Instagram specifically, I've grown my network of like-minded enthusiasts. I may have not have met somebody, but I already feel like I know them because of our conversations on Instagram or um, Facebook conversations. And, you know, there's a couple instances where I'll go into that in more detail, how these people have helped me who I've never met before, you know, things do break. And probably the worst nightmare I have is to break down somewhere where there's no cell phone service yeah, and far away from home. And that happened to me during the Sport reunion weekend in 2015. Social media has opened the world to all of us. And I think you hit on a really cool deal here. The car world kind of circumvents uh, social and, and socioeconomic paths for all of us. And I can see that that's really true. You could be somewhere in Texas and you have a breakdown and you just go online. And I almost guarantee you with the kind of following that you have and us car guys have, within an hour, someone's going to reach out. Someone's going to drive by. Someone's going to come and help you, let you stay in their house overnight, take you to a garage, whatever it is. That's the cool thing about what's going on with social media these days. I had the exact same thing happen. I had a Beck Spider that John Wilhoit built. Hmm. My son and I ran out of gas in the thing one day. We were just sitting there and this guy drives by in a BMW. He turns around, comes back. He goes, I know this car. I've seen this car before. Are you Mark Green? And (laughs) he went and got gas for us and we filled up and we went on our way and it was really, really cool. So I love what's going on these days. Well, you may have answered this next question. I wanted you to go back and talk about a pivotal moment that uh, happened in your life when you realized you were a car guy. You talked about going to Europe and uh, being in that BMW with your dad. But is there one single moment you can pinpoint when you realize I'm hooked on this car stuff for life? Yeah, so um, we moved back from Europe in 1982. My dad worked for BorgWarner Chemicals. They had a, another division called BorgWarner Automotive, which the Indy 500 trophy is the BorgWarner trophy. And so when we moved from the Netherlands to Ithaca, New York, Watkins Glen is less than an hour away. So back then, the IMSA Camel GT Series was being run. And again, growing up in Europe and appreciating the German cars as well as English, I was a big fan of Jaguars as well. And Brian Redman back then was a phenomenal race, still is a great driver. But I remember my dad would always get pit box seats above the pits. And so, um, you know, I'm in middle school by that time, anticipating purchasing my first car, working for my first car. And we would take that drive from Ithaca to Watkins Glen, curvy roads, big hills up and down, and just 
the smell of the race fuel and the cars taking off from pit lane. And Watkins Glen isn't like uh, Daytona Speedway where you can pretty much see the whole track. I mean, you, it's a true road course. And that's my passion and a lot of my interest with vintage cars also coincides with racing. And I attribute that to growing up in Ithaca. When we lived in Europe, sports car racing wasn't really on the forefront. Maybe some of the Indy cars uh, I remember the Elf car. It was like oh, the yeah. six-wheel cars, which yeah. I actually got to visit Canapa in uh, Scotts Valley, California, and he had one of them. Oh, yeah, the Tyrrells. Yeah. Yeah, those are very, very cool cars. What fun. Yeah, Brian Redman has been a guest here on Cars. Yeah, in fact, the day he was on was his birthday. You should go back and listen to that show because he actually sings me the British birthday song. That was pretty cool. His son, James, and I are friends, and we met through HSR. Brian had a dealership in Jacksonville for a while. I'm a big plate frame geek. And James Redman surprised me with a Brian Redman Jacksonville, Florida plate frame from his dealership. NOS and like craft paper wrapped up. I was at the Savannah HSR race and James is like, oh, you got to have this. Oh, man. That's a price for sure. Well, let's take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down and you have driven down many roads. I'd love for you to talk about a big challenge or a big failure you faced in your life, in your career, something that really kind of put you back on your heels. However, these kinds of things always teach us lessons. So kind of take us there and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum. Right. So we kind of talked about long road trips and how do you prepare. And I was fortunate enough through a mutual friend to get invited to participate in a road rally Magnus Walker had hosted to launch his Momo steering wheel. And it was a rally from his downtown LA warehouse to through the Crest Highway, Willow Springs racetrack, and then up to Monterey for Rensport. So in preparation for this, you know, I got the word maybe two months before I had gearbox, uh, an operating sleeve issue I was having. So I tore my gearbox apart and had to ship the gear cluster to get repaired by Vic Skirmance. And then I decided to swap engines, perfectly fine, 912 engine. I put a mystery motor in, which was a mistake. So I get to LA a day early and I'm driving up through Griffith's Observatory, downtown LA. You know, Magnus has all these great videos going through tunnels and I drove up the Angeles Crest Highway as well. We start the rally. There's like 50 to 75 cars. The route was a mystery until the day of. And so we we drive up to the Crest Highway, which is a pretty decent climb for a four-cylinder car. Everyone else has six-cylinder 911s, a really cool uh, selection of cars. And my car starts to overheat, or you could tell it was getting sluggish. Everybody passed, and then I continue to go on and on. And probably five miles up the Crest Highway, my car, I slow down and I pop the valve cover and realize I broke a valve spring. Oh, so there's no cell phone service up on the crest highway. So I decided to try and plug on. I had a passenger, Maxwell, and a follower in a newer car, Rich Pugh from, I believe he's from Maryland. Anyways, we're driving the crest. I'm trying to limp it off the highway, the crest highway, which you drive off the edge, you're in a canyon dead somewhere, and nobody will know. Anyway, so my carburetor, brand new Weber's, catches fire in a tunnel. Oh, my gosh. I have a brand new fire extinguisher. I break the clip. Doesn't work. Maxwell is from Buffalo, but he saw a road construction vehicle at the beginning of the tunnel. He runs down the tunnel, grabs the fire extinguisher. We put it out, like the green dust all over my engine, brand new carburetors. We roll it out of the tunnel, and a big group of motorcycle people come. Anyways, I parked the car on the side of the road. I catch a ride into Palmdale, which is 17 miles off the road. Call AAA. 30 minutes, they're there. 
wow. 30 minutes. Yay, triple A. So we drive back, get the car, and John Benton, who we were friends on Instagram, I was supposed to come by and see him. I got caught up the day before at the Griffiths Observatory. So I called him back the day before saying, hey, man, I, I'm not going to be able to make it. And he's like, well, why are you in town? And I told him. He shows up the morning of the rally, and he does the rally from Magnus's to Willow Springs and then heads back to his shop and performance. So once I break down, I call and get a ride into Palmdale. I call his shop. I'm like, has John returned from the rally from Willow Springs? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, I don't have his cell phone. Eventually, they get in touch with him. I have the the truck deliver me and my car into Anaheim to John's shop. And we put it on the lift. He's like, yeah, you broke a valve spring. But then he's like, look at this valve spring. This valve, You got three or four valve springs about to go. Your valve guides are bad. Had I kept the engine in at home, I wouldn't have had this issue. But I decided, hey, I'm going to put a mystery motor in. John takes me in his Mine 12, the 912, called Mine 12. He takes me to Blake's Barbecue. That His car is incredibly fast. We eat, and then he's like, well, you could leave it here and this and that. And I'm like, oh, man, I really got to get to Rensport. Can we just put some valve springs in? He's like, no, that's not how I do it. And, and he calls his head guy. He's like, you're going to need new heads. So I finally convinced John to help me out. We pull an all-nighter, pull the engine. He has me cleaning up parts. He's like, I know you can turn a wrench, but he's like, we're doing it my way and you're doing what I tell you to do. So we spent the entire night in his shop. We ran into one obstacle after another. I'm like, dude, you've got to have this or have that. And he's like, yeah, you know, I probably do. And he digs around, finds a set of heads. We get the car back together and it was like eight or nine in the morning He's tuning my timing and the, the carburetors, and I pull out of Anaheim, and I make it to Laguna Seca almost 24 hours after everyone that was in Magnus's group for the Road to Rensport rally. So I, I show up at the racetrack meeting my friend Fraser Spower, and he meets up, and then the guys from Momo pull up in a Panamera, and they're like, oh, I heard about your issue, and I showed them the valve spring, and they give me a bottle of rum. <laughs> uh, saying something along the lines where we're giving you the spirit of Momo Award or something along those lines for persevering and not giving up. A lot of people would have packed their, yeah. their car up and gone home. But, you know, John was so gracious and did everything he could. And the car r- ran awesome the whole way to Rensport. And and I left it out there for 10 months and driven all kinds of roads out there and got to go to Lufkakult. But without John Benton's help and without Instagram, I probably never would have known John unless I had been in L.A. Wow. Oh, man, I'm worn out. <laughs> that's Sorry, that's a long-winded. But. <laughs> that's incredible. What a great story. Well, let's let's shift gears and go to what I call an aha career moment or an aha life moment that uh, sometime along the way, kind of the headlights come on and illuminate your way for a new direction, a new kind of concept. What was your aha moment all about? My aha moment was when I was confident enough to take those road trips and trust that I would get home all right. And I didn't grow up in a mechanical family. I played golf in college. And when I bought my first Volkswagen bus in 1993, I I didn't have any tools. So I bought my 356 in 1997, 98. In the year 2000, I had my 10th Husker reunion and I was like, I'm hopping in it and I'm driving from Neptune Beach, Florida to Ithaca, New York. Wow. I was working on my master's degree at the time and my parents were in Pittsburgh where my dad's from. So I drove from Ithaca to Watkins Glen, took a picture of my car in front of the gate. Then I drove to Pittsburgh to meet them. I drove through Chicago, Des Moines, Kansas City, stayed with my aunt in Houston and then back I-10. It's like 4,300 miles in 13 days. 
but getting the confidence to get into the car and drive yeah. anywhere and everywhere. You know, this is a great story. And I mentioned earlier, I bought a Beck Spider that John Wilhoyt, who builds beautiful 356s, 911s. He's been a guest on the show. I just talked to him yesterday, actually, about a car he has for sale. And I went down with my son, who was eight years old at the time, from Gig Harbor, Washington, Long Beach. He picked us up at the airport in this very cool VW thing that had an uh, incredible power plant in the back. We get in this car to, to go 1,400 miles back. And I looked at John. This car has no top, no heat, no radio. Little Beck Spider. And I said, well, John, what do you think? And he said, well, the two things you need most for this trip are a great attitude and a cell phone. <laughs> That's right. My son, Blake, and I said, thumbs up. We've got a great attitude and we've got a cell phone and we took off. And you're right. You just have the confidence and you just got to go do it. It's good to be prepared, of course, because things happen. But you know what? That was one of the memories of a lifetime. My son still talks about that. So very, very cool. Well, let's talk about a proudest career or business moment. Is there one that stands out for you? Yeah, I, I would probably have to go back to that instance when I was in L.A. and broke down on the Crest Highway. And again, not giving up. I had a similar trip a year later. But it was for my 20th, 25th high school reunion. Instead of driving my 356 to Ithaca, I drove my bus. Oh, wow. I just drove to Ithaca and back, but it was uh, like a week and like 2,300 miles. But I'm halfway up the Blue Ridge Parkway and I lose fourth gear. Well, I'm still a thousand miles from Ithaca and fourth gear is popping out. So again, never giving up. I made it to Ithaca, babying fourth gear, eventually lost it, contacted a friend, um, Adam Wright at Unobtainum in Ravina, New York. He so happened to get a 356 with a VW gearbox and he heard of my issues. So I drove to Ithaca, then I drove 300 miles on two lane roads and dirt roads, the gray roads on my Google Maps. I got so many great pictures and Again, persevering, not giving up, and having him provide me with parts, a place to stay, and one of his employees, Big John, to help me with you know anything that I needed. So again, just persevering and not giving up. Never ever give up. You know, one of my uh, past guests, he's been on a couple times, and he's a, one of my sponsors. I'm very grateful. It's the artist Nicholas Huntsiker, who uh, does some beautiful art. He just bought a GT3. He's got a project called the Art Car. Yeah. He picked it up in Nova Scotia, drove it across the country back to L.A., and now he's going to build it into this kind of replica tribute race car, all by trading artwork, which is a very cool deal. It was fun. We could all follow him across. He was there with Brett Sloan, who was taking pictures, and very cool stuff. Well, let's go back in time again. We talked about this bus. We talked about the 356. What was your first really special car? My first car was the BMW 320i, but and you know, as a first car, that's special. But I think my first really special car was when I was a junior in college, I'd stopped playing competitive golf, learned to surf. And that's when the the VW bus came on my radar screen. My cousin had a bay window at Penn State, you know, when I was in high school, but it never, never crossed my mind. But now that I'm surfing, I'm like, I'm going to look for a split window VW bus. So I bought a 1965 camper from an artist in Winter Park, which is a suburb of Orlando. And I drove 20, 30 miles from Winter Park to Deland, Florida, probably on three cylinders. Again, no tools. I didn't know what I was doing, but I made it. And that was the beginning of my obsession with vintage cars, old, old stuff, 50s, 60s kind of cars, German stuff. And I've seen some great videos of you and your 356 and your bus on eGarage. They do some awesome videos here. So I'll make sure I put links to those on your show notes page here at the Cartier website. What about a car that you've owned, you've let go, you really wish you had back in your garage? Is there a seller's remorse story in your world? 
There is. So there was a 1956 VW bus as a single cab. It's the pickup truck. It had been known locally in the Jacksonville area for years. It just sat outside a body shop. I somehow got a call and I bought it and I had it for a couple years, but due to a career change, I had to sell it. That bus was made at the Wolfsburg factory, which the barn door buses were made at that factory and shared a lot of the um, barn door bus characteristics. So it was very rare. And this was 97, 98. You know, the Samba was called VW Planet. Like the whole talk forum was just starting to emerge. So get even getting photos. I mean, everybody used the auto trader back then, you know? Yeah. So selling that 56 single cab, I paid $800 for it, sold it to a friend. Then he sold it, forgot who he sold it to. Last year or two years ago, that same vehicle, same stickers I put on it, same rims, everything came up for sale for $14,000. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the the VW bus market's definitely um, grown substantially over the years. Oh, and we've all seen those uh, auction shows where they sell for over $100,000. And it's it's kind of sad. And I, I'm not even going to go in this too deep here because this whole thing starts to frustrate the heck out of me. The cars, 356 prices, early 911 long hood prices, bus prices. I mean, all these cars that those of us who love this stuff would love to have is just reaching crazy stratospheric prices. Great if you're selling, but if you want to have one and just enjoy it, it's just frustrating. I, yeah, there's a lot of chatter on the internet about, especially in the VW bus world, that um, you know people are getting priced out of it. And you know, it's good if you already have one. If you're looking for one, it's not so good. But you know, ultimately, I don't buy my cars. For an investment, I'd buy them to drive them and enjoy them and travel in them and take pictures and meet other people and tour and travel and see, take the back roads just like I did as a kid in Europe. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you, Mark, you're an inspiration to me because I tend to be on the other side. I'm always afraid my car, something's going to happen to it. And as a result, it sits in the garage and I get more and more frustrated. I need to get out and drive. So I'm going to kind of capture your probanic spirit here. And this weekend, I'm going to take my turbo out and drive it and enjoy it and have some fun with it and not worry about it. Well, not only drive it, but take some pictures and post it up on your Instagram feed so we can see it. That's the great thing about Instagram. I can follow Matt Hummel. He's in the Bonneville Salt Flats or he's in some mountain range or Magnus is in Europe or Rod Emery is working on this car or whatever. Jeff Swart. I mean, he's all over the place. So what's great is that when you go out and drive your car, you're on opposite side of the country. But when you post that picture, I can be there as well yeah. and be like, man, that's really cool. Maybe when I get up there one day, I'll have to hit that road or visit that spot. Well, and it's a lot like what I'm doing here on Cars. Yeah, the fact that we can have these inspirational talks and people all over the world can listen and enjoy them and learn more about you as they look at your show notes page. So that's the wonders of what's happening with technology today. We're living in a pretty darn cool time for car enthusiasts, that's for sure. Absolutely. Tell me what has you excited today and tomorrow and this year? What has you really fired up about what you're doing with cars and the fun that you're having? Oh, I would say just planning planning trips and the Blue Ridge Parkway. Florida is nine months of summer and uh, the mountains, you know, when you're at 4,000 feet of elevation, getting away and hiking and just camping in the summertime is really enjoyable. And um, so I'm, I'm planning a trip to the Blue Ridge this summer. I'm not sure if I'm going to take the 356 or the bus. I'm almost done with a gearbox swap put a freeway flyer in my bus. So I should get another five to 10 miles an hour top end speed. But unfortunately my bus, I've killed like four gearboxes, but this is the first 
professionally rebuilt and warrantied gearbox. I'm hoping to have good luck with the, with that gearbox. Absolutely. I'll encourage our listeners to check out Mark's Instagram page. You'll see pictures of this bus we're talking about. The way he has it painted up, it is very, very cool. And again, check out his show notes page on Cars Yeah with a link to that e-garage video about the bus and two of his good buddies, their buses and they head off surfing. Oh, you took me back to my youth, pal, uh, watching you guys out in the surf. I grew up surfing in Southern California, and uh, I do miss it very, very much. I'm a long way from the beach where I live here in Gig Harbor. You guys are, are having some fun. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Mark. If you were a car, what kind of car would Mark be and why? I enjoyed thinking about this as well. I have seen a few photos in the past of barn door buses, which are 1950 to 1955, pulling 356s or 550 spiders. Uh, there's one of, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the name correctly, Vasek Pollock. Vasek, yes, yes, yeah. Pollock. Yeah. In fact, I yeah. had a Vasek Pollock license plate frame on my uh, 911S. I had a 72S for a long time. Nice. Yeah, those are getting pricey, those Ooh, plate yeah. frames. But uh, yeah, so I think I would probably... If I were a car, I would say I would be a 1954 VW camper, Westphalia. Westphalia, yeah. Right, and running a 356 engine and brakes. And why I say that is there was an ad years ago, old Volkswagen ads were just uh, a lot of, they were very clever. And this one ad had four different models of the bus, and it said sensible, honest, dependable, and economical. And I kind of... I'm a, I find myself as a sensible person, honest, I'm dependable, I'm early for everything, I'm not late, I'm on time, and economical, I don't go crazy and spend on frivolous things. I'm mostly buying car parts now, just keeping my stuff you know, on yeah. the road. Yeah, So exactly. Very nice. I appreciate you putting some great thought to that. You're the first one of those here on Cars, yeah, and I like that too, because you're a unique guy. So very, very fitting. Well, Mark, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. 
If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Mark, we are back, and we're entering the last lap. You've been to enough races to know what that means. The white flag's out, and we're going to put our foot into it. And I'm going to have you answer some uh, very quick blips of the throttle questions for me. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? To drive your vintage car. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Absolutely. Get out there and drive. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? I'm going to go back to perseverance and not giving up. Absolutely. Never, ever, ever give up. Thank you, Mr. Churchill. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners? I do. I have two. So we've talked about two different types of cars that I have, I'm passionate about. And both are websites. Um, the Samba.com um, is good for Volkswagens as well. It has a Porsche section. But uh, for the 356 enthusiasts, the 356 registry, I've made some great friends and connections there. And that is where all the knowledge is. So um, if you're interested in 356s, that's the place to be. Yeah, I'm a member of that organization, and I love the Samba, too. And, you know, real quickly, we didn't touch on this, but the Bully Brigade, is there a website for that? How can people learn more about that event? Uh, Facebook page is probably the best. And if you just put in the search window on Facebook, go to uh, Bully Brigade. Bully is a German slang term for bus. So it has nothing to do with bullying people. <laughs> but that's what the Germans call the buses is a bully, B-U-L-L-I. And so, yeah, that show uh, started in 1994 and is still running. T- this will be the 24th year. And it's specific to split window buses. And so it was started as a swap. Like, you had a bus, I had a bus, I need a bumper, I got a bumper, you know. Right. And, you know, then the Samba came around, but it's the oldest running split window, continuously running show. And people still drive from all over the country. It's usually about 120 to 150 buses and about a thousand people show up every year. And it's in the fall in the greater Tampa area. Okay, cool. Awesome. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field or industry, living or deceased, who would that be? This is another question I really pondered. There are one, two, three, four, five people I put down, but I, I'll tell you who I'm picking. The first would be Ferdinand Porsche. These are just people I thought of. Yeah. Ferry Porsche, Ben Pond. He's the one that came up with the concept of the VW bus. He was the Netherlands uh, importer for Volkswagen, Max Hoffman. And the last person who I'm going to select is Hubert Brundage. And Hubert Brundage founded Brundage Motor Corporation. He's one of the first dealers and importers of Volkswagen and Porsche. Uh, Brundage Motors later became Brumos Porsche. But Hubert was there at the beginning when Max Hoffman and Competition Motors, there's still, there's so much Volkswagen and Porsche history in Jacksonville. It's, um, it's stunning. And, and unfortunately, some of the people that were involved, are passing away now. My old neighbor um, came to work for Brundage. Wow. I, I have some of his Hazette tools I bought from his widow. He's one of my neighbors. I remember when I first bought my 356, they would walk around the block and he, in a stick German accent, he would tell me stories about that. And that was uh, Hubert Kinsler. 
Wow. Yeah, you mentioned Brumos. Right before they were sold, I had Hurley Haywood as a guest here on the show. Of course, uh-huh. everyone who knows Porsche Racing knows Hurley Haywood. The guy's an icon, been around forever. Big part of Brumos was one of the owners, I believe, of Brumos before mm-hmm. they were sold. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners should read? There probably is, but I thought hard about this as well. There's two books I'm, I can't wait to get in my hands. One was written by a guest you've had on Dwight Knowlton, The Silver Speedster. Oh, yeah. I have a daughter. She's nine. And we've talked a lot about his book. And I've seen some of the things that he's put together. So I would recommend The Silver Speedster. And then the second book is The Luft Book, which chronicles the first three Luftke cults. And I was fortunate enough to be in L.A. for Luft three. And I just ordered my book Monday, Sunday, Monday. So I'm I'm anticipating that. Can't wait. Yeah, I ordered one of those as well. I wasn't able to get down there for that event. I've got to attend one of those. Oh, Patrick Long has been a guest on the show. You mentioned Magnus Walker. He was my 100th guest on the show. I'm going to have him back on sometime. Yeah, that's a great book. But, you know, Dwight T. Knowlton, he's one of my very rare three-time guests here on Cars, yeah? Every time he's come out with a book, the sports car book, the one that he did with Sir Sterling Moss, and the upcoming book that we're all eagerly awaiting. Come on, Dwight, got to get that book out there. I know he's been working really hard on it. Uh, yeah, he's an awesome guy. I really like him quite a bit. And he's doing these new cool things called car catchers, where he draws a picture of you with your car. He did one of me. He did one of my father, who I just lost last month. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's a really cool thing that he's he's doing. So, uh, yeah, I will put a link to his website, Carpe Viem. He is so talented. Did you see the calendar that he did for uh, 2017? I think it had a speedster on it. I've got it framed on my wall yeah. in my house. Yeah. 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 It, it's awesome. So I love what he's doing. Very, very cool. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources on Mark's show notes page at carsia.com. Just type Mark Pribanic, P-R-I-B-A-N-I-C into the search bar. His page will pop up with all these cool links. And there's another great place in the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books where these books that Mark has recommended and books by the past 795 guests are listed. There's over a thousand books there. I've made it really easy for you. So just go to the Carsia website, click on resources. You'll see the recommended books. And all you do is click and buy. I've made it really easy for you. Awesome, awesome selection of books. All right, Mark, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a little bit of a doozy. You're only going to have one collector car in that garage of yours, okay? I'm sorry, just one. I'll buy you whatever you'd like. Money's no object today, so we don't have to worry about these escalating prices that we've been talking about. What would that car be and why? I thought long and hard about this as well. And there's three on on my list, but I'm going to select one. The first one I thought about was Porsche number one. I was like, God, that would be a great car to have. But then I was like, you know what? It rains a lot in Florida, so I probably wouldn't get to drive it as much as I would if I had a coupe. Well, the next car that came to mind is the Gamun that Rod Emery just finished restoring, the 46. That was at Rensport? Yeah. Yeah. So the number 46 Gamun, I believe it won the first Le Mans. So that would be my second choice, but that's not the car I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with my third choice, which is the Auto Matha Gamund. And last time I heard Jerry Seinfeld owned it, it was at Rensport 3, I think, in Daytona. And it's made of aluminum and you can see every little hammer mark and the patina on it is just, you can't duplicate it. I mean, it's absolutely stunning. It just has that look. If you parked it next to a brand new restoration, I guarantee you everybody would be drawn to that Gamund. Wow. Oh, man. Uh, you know, this is going to cost me a pretty penny because Jerry doesn't let cars go except for very high prices. He, he's up in that nosebleed section 
of car collectors. Of course, he's got the money to do it, but he's got an incredible collection of cars. I would sure love to get him on this show. So if anybody out there is good friends with Jerry, have him give me a call. It'd be a fun talk, I think. I know he was just on Spike Ferrison's new podcast that he just launched this week. Spike's going to be my 800th guest on Monday coming up here, which is pretty cool. Awesome. All right. Well, Mark, I'm going to get to work on that car for you. I'll see what I can do. That would look awfully nice in your garage. That's for sure. Well, Mark, as I knew, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories and I've enjoyed talking with you. And I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you head off into the sunset in that automothog moon? I would say to take the long way to wherever you're going on the two lane roads, because there's so much to see and Florida, you know, all in whatever state you live in or whatever part of the world, you know, it's like the movie cars when they bypass the little town radiator Springs, you know, there's so much to see and explore and to share. Like I said, through Instagram, I love to just from vintage buildings to signs to towns and rivers and covered bridges to go out there and explore those roads, but also share it with other people who may not live in the area where you live or are traveling to. So yeah, take take the long way to where you're going and specifically the two lane roads. Well, you know, I'm very active on social media and I really appreciate people like you, Mark, because you take those of us who can't enjoy all this stuff. I'm sitting at home behind my desk interviewing people five days a week all over the world. I can't get out as much as you do, but uh, you guys take us along on those journeys and that's the great thing. And it's great advice for me too when I do get out there on the road, take pictures and share. So I always feel like I'm a part of these these adventures that people share. Great encouragement, great words of wisdom. And what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with all the great journeys you're up to? Instagram is probably the easiest way. And um, my profile name is mark.perbanic or Facebook. So I may take a trip somewhere and take 200 photos. Instagram may get one photo. I usually create a photo album of the journey uh, on my Facebook page. So it's been really great because my 45th birthday was a couple of days ago, and I'm getting happy birthday wishes from people in Japan and Brazil and <laughs> yeah. France and England and California and you know all over the world and Australia and New Zealand. And without social media, I may not have known any of these people. Some I've been able to meet at uh, Porsche events, but even if I don't get to meet them in person, you feel like you know each other already. So Absolutely. Happy belated birthday to you as well, Mark. I know I posted a the Cars Yeah Cupcake with the spark plug candle in it on your Facebook page. So <laughs> thank you. happy belated birthday. Well, listeners, you can find links to everything we've talked about today here on Cars Yeah on Mark's show notes page. Again, at carsyeah.com slash Mark Pribanic, P-R-I-B-A-N-I-C. And make sure you follow him on Facebook, on Instagram. If you can't get out there and enjoy the road like Mark has, at least you can see what he's up to. And I know that he will inspire you to get out of your seat, into your garage, into your car, and go for a drive. Mark, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your wonderful road experiences with me and the Cars Out listeners. Until we talk again, I will see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. Been great fun. Thank you. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material 
and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!